Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast, episode 42 with Anthony and Carl. And uh, Anthony's no stranger to the podcast. Carl's a new guest and a good friend of mine. known him for a long time. He dabbles in the competition a lot more than uh, a lot of the other people I know. Goes to Vegas and stuff like that. Also is a hunter. And so he brings a lot of really cool perspective about bringing target accuracy to your hunting setup. And uh, it really turned into just a, a fun kind of a bullshit session talking about stabilizers and types of hand releases. And, and for somebody that's wanting to cross in from the wrist rock, uh, kind of the wrist rocket caliper release going into a thumb or hinge release and, and how he executes a shot and balances his bow. It's just a really fun conversation. So lots of rabbit holes, lots of fun, lots of laughing. And I really had a great time recording with these guys. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. I will see you in the end. Bye. Yesterday. Dude, graveyard. <laughs> You're going to get caught up on stuff? Well, no, we on my weekends. Aren't you supposed to be driving around arresting people? No, no, no. I, I'm, not, I'm not working last <laughs> night. What I'm saying is like graveyard, when you try to normalize on your few days off. Uh-huh. Uh uh-uh. uh. So like <laughs> last night, I wanted to go to bed like a normal person. I was up till four thirty in the morning, just go to sleep, like just staring at the TV, like please be tired. Nope, nothing. Hmm. So, so I do a lot of stuff like that. More I'll beers. Just, <laughs> that, that'll be tonight. So you stayed up and watched the finals of the archery. What was that? Uh, Lancaster. Lancaster Classic. Lancaster Classic. Which I heard, and you'll know, it doesn't count towards anything, right? So like like so like like your tournament standings, like. Um, like well, Vegas so, and stuff. And so it's not an NFAA shoot. It's just a, just a, just shoot. a, <laughs> a private shops shoot really, mm-hmm. but huh. it's, it's big, big, very promoted, lots of money. Did it look legit? Like they had special lighting and like platforms oh, yeah. and everything. It was like, holy crap. Well, in front of the shooters, they got their screens on their target. So mm-hmm. yep. Camera set up on the target. Yeah. Really? That's pretty sweet. Well, let's get some intros going here because I have one stranger to the show and then uh, one not so stranger to the show, but still super strange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and get Carl. Uh, what's going on? Not much, Garrett. How's it going? Pretty good, man. I, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while. Right on. <laughs> so finally we made it happen. So let's uh, let's get a little bit about you. All right. Well, you know, I've been a tournament archer for... Oh, man, 17, 18 years now, mm. seriously about 10 years, and uh, just trying to do better all the time. Yeah. Hoping here in another year or two just to make the jump, get my pro card, and play really? with the big boys all the time. So what's it take to actually get your pro card? So in the NFAA, National Field Archery Association, it is a 97% of perfect, I guess, is the score. So for like a... Five spot round would be a forty-seven X three hundred. Really? And what about Vegas? Uh, Vegas is not does not count toward it because it's not. I can't remember what the guy said it was, but because it's the NFAA is actually the five spot shoot. Oh, is it? Uh, field round. Oh, okay. So I don't know shit about target archery. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole new area for me. Anthony's really starting to dive deep into it, though. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm finally shooting. Dude, you, you, your freaking budget bow is a target bow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I'll do the it's budget boat a, challenge with you. Here we go. <laughs> Fanatic 3.0. Yeah, <laughs> Shelby, I'm in. That. Well, actually, I'm not in that thing near as much as I should be. Okay, so. you 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 stuck to the budget for for purchasing the bow. Just the bow. But then the stab uh, sights. Release. I'm not. I'm not in it very much, and I really didn't go away from what I probably would have bought anyways. Right. I just happened. It all timing worked and prices were awesome uh, i didn't get any special deals for well kind of on the bow but everything else you know i just ordered online or you know the arrows came from Botech also but hmm. just good timing dude Botech I mean, is selling some good deals I, I went up there they give you good deals they give me good deals but they give you even better deals yeah i don't know i, I, don't, I don't know what it I is i don't know what's going on there different stages of love yeah. <laughs> What's that Super Troopers quote? All my power is derived from my lips. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. <laughs> uh, so Anthony's getting into the archery, and he's starting to get upper 290s uh, fairly uh, consistently in, in practice. I'm hanging around like low 290s. And we're talking Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have shot mid-90s a few times, but it's mostly low 290s. Mm. Um, but, I mean... Well, both of you know, compared to a year ago when I was, <sighs> I couldn't get my right. shot process under control because I'd fly by and panic and I even tried sighting the side end to where I wasn't really holding. Right. You know, I was, because I'd get froze above it, like bad, like we're talking like six ring bad. Really? And so I, I started compensating the sight for it, but then I, even that screwed with me because I knew I was still doing flybys, but it was even worse because now I'm not even holding where I want to hit and doing a flyby, I'm just completely just <laughs> pretty much just pulling and letting her go. So I got that uh, pretty well under control in this last year, and so I'm actually shooting again. Right. I, I got to say, good. man, it was really fr- – because I was like – I was feeling your pain because I was watching you go through that shit, and then like towards the end of the league last year, I was starting to get a little bit of the target panic, mm-hmm. and then um, finally, you know, you switched to the hinge. I did that this year, so – yeah. I went to a thumb button and then um, got that under control. And then just here, well, right after I got this target bow, I, I was at Waldron's and I caught myself just hammering that trigger again. Mm-hmm. And then I, that's when I was like, I'm done. I walked out there and grabbed a hinge and uh, been loving it ever since. I mean, it changed my scores dramatically right away. Yeah. yeah. So... Minus, minus a couple whoopsies. <laughs> like let the bow kind of creep on me, and then go to let down, but don't don't come out of the shot. Uh-huh. So my wrist is already still coming through, and so I'll go to let down and boom, <laughs> and there goes that arrow. Yeah, I think it was last. Was it yesterday? We, I, I've done him it twice in competition. You and I were shooting the other day. We were shooting one round each. I think it was yesterday. And uh, I'm using my wrist rocket for the first time in forever. Right. And then, so I'm saying something to Anthony, and I'm, I'm, and I'm like, I forget what I'm doing. But anyways, the bow goes on me, and it pulls me off the back. Well, I wasn't paying attention hardly. And uh, I'm like, not lo- no longer looking through the bow. It, the, my hand is going past my face. Bow goes <laughs> off. Freaking almost an X, dude. I was like, hell yeah. Good bow. Last Good bow. bow last arrow of the whole round or match. Or See, whatever when I you do call that, it. they're about a foot high. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I could do it again. <laughs> not gonna replicate it. No, no, no. Well, Carl, you went to Vegas last year, man, and you you spanked it. Like you killed it in your, your flight or whatever. Yeah, so Yeah, you know, my first two days weren't what I wanted, but the third day finally 
shows a glimmer of hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, you switched to that Matthews, didn't you? I switched to Matthews from the Hoyt six days before Vegas. Mm-hmm. Bo came in, set up. That takes some stones, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was not shooting that well with my old equipment. And so so what did you have to lose? Kind yeah, of thing? exactly. I had no expectations going down there. In fact, I changed bars in the middle of Vegas last year. Mm-hmm. I bought new set on like Friday after I shot my qualifying score back to the condo, threw them on there. Yep. Feels right. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Really? <laughs> Man. Well, just a little bit more background on Carl before we start getting in here. Um, Carl, I met you through Willie, yep. who I talk about all the time on the podcast. The guy taught me how to bow hunt elk. I think you were there one of the first times that we got into elk, or I got into elk with Willie. Uh, we were hunting up uh, close to Roseburg. We'll put it that way. Right. And uh, we were getting into elk, and, and that's back when you could shoot a cow. Yep. That was so a long time ago. You've been, yeah, you've been bow hunting for how many years? I started bow hunting in 98. Really? And so you've been bow hunting longer than you've been target archery hunting. What made you get into target archery? Uh, you know, season's 12 months long when you shoot targets. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you're still bow hunting? Nope. I have not bow hunted in three years. Just, what? uh, you know, time, uh, a lot of time, the expense of it, taking time off work. I don't know. All the land getting locked up like it has been unless yeah. you want to get the permits, which is, it's fine. That's their business decision to do what they want with. Yeah. That's probably a whole different Pandora's box you could open up. <laughs> I I paid the the fine or whatever, the access entry thing, and I'm glad I did. But, right. man, you know, 15 years ago, you never even would have thought. I mean. Uh, that was Milicoma probably? Yep. 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 And it just, it just, I think it's actually going to make it better hunting. Oh, sure. For in there. But 15 years ago, it was like, hey, warehouser's open for the first time in like yeah. seven years. Yeah. Big bulls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome times. Awesome. Well, even if it was locked, you could walk it. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Well, if it's a locked gate, good. you better be darn sure you can walk behind that gate. Right. Any private timber company. Yeah. Yep. Like RFP, it says, oh, yeah, you can, uh, you can walk in there. Under a level two. Yeah, which is like May. <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> That's true. So by end of June, yeah, you're done in there. Yeah. yeah, if there's snow on the ground, you can be in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so they're not saying no, but they're definitely not saying yes. So Right. Seneca, they got big signs up now everywhere. Basically, yeah. just keep the hell out. Yeah. Roseburg Lumber. Seneca's pretty bad. Roseburg Lumber is starting to go down the same road. Which Seneca didn't used to be like that. No. no Four or five years ago, it was ago. pretty yeah, much... Yeah, exactly. You're not driving back here, but you can do whatever else. Exactly. And now it's just like everyone else. Stay out of here. Right. So. Well, this episode, I was wanting to get in because I, um, Anthony's starting to get into the target archery, and then um, I've been posting pictures of me shooting Vegas with my budget bow and stuff. And so guys are like, you know, stabs. What are you, what are you shooting and stuff like that? I'm like, you know, can you post a video on how to use a hinge? I'm like, I'm, I know how to use a hinge, but I'm probably not the best guy to teach you how to use it. I haven't punched myself in the face. I, yeah, I haven't that's, done that. That's my only win. <laughs> I've only been using one for a couple of years, and I'm, I, I still feel like I'm learning how to use it. Um, I'm effective with it. I'm consistent with it, but I still haven't figured out um, exactly, you know, how much of the hand I'm going to use versus my elbow versus, you know, am I going to, uh, wrap my wrist around a little bit you know there's so many different facets to it and 
you and I were talking about this the other day about releases and stuff, and it was like, yeah, I tried this one, junked it, you know, tried this one. It's like you go through a oh, man. release a week. I don't know how many <laughs> I've been through until I finally settled on the one I have now. And mm. What do you have now? I have a Scott Ascent right now. It's a stainless steel handle, mm-hmm. micro-adjustable head, micro-adjustable click, so... Hmm. It just fits. Hmm. It may not be for everybody, but it's for me. <laughs> well, I want to go over um, the the stabilizers on the first part of it. Sure. And uh, especially for, um, I don't know if you ever use sidebars for your hunting bow or anything like that. I did not. That came out a little bit, like right as I was getting done. And I mean, you all know how it is hunting the coast range. Yeah. You're trying to go through a wall of rhododendrons and you don't want a 12 inch sidebar hanging up on every <laughs> stick. So. Right. Everybody, everything was like tight spot quivers and keep everything pretty, mm-hmm. pretty tight to the bow and low profile. And unless you're me, you just I use my bow as a plow, fits real thick. <laughs> I just that's all they're good for yep. sometimes. It's either going to hold up or I didn't want it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the flip side of that is if you're hunting units and you got a bull out there at 70 yards, yeah, you want tournament accuracy, not right not paper plate so that's the thing that guys forget is you know we always talk about how brushy it is but if you're hunting units man you can get those typical western far shots i mean i know a guy here locally that without using names he's smoking stuff past 100 yards and consistently yep and uh probably the same guy i'm that i work with yeah he's he's a shot he's a shooter and he's you know he grew up a shooter i mean he is a oh yeah great shot um i shot with him for years Oh, yeah. I guarantee you we're thinking of the same guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, But so he's, you know, you you have those guys out there, and, you know, they're shooting the hinges for hunting. They're doing all these things. Uh, You saw the Born and Raised uh, show this year. I think Trail was using a hinge. Yeah. And um, just just like it was a target, just got that separation, that surprise release. I'm not going to say Levi started it, but he had to have been one of the first ones that was video, Levi Morgan. Morgan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got Dudley out there doing it too yep. now. I mean, so in in your opinion, if someone's going to start looking into um, stabilizing their bow, and then we'll get into the release part of it. And Anthony, if you got anything to add here, um, how do you go about even starting to pick out a stabilizer from a target archer and a bow hunter perspective? I call Carl. <laughs> I call Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I uh, my front bar. I've always used about a twelve to. F- 14 inch front bar on my hunting bow really yeah because I, it works you want the longest bar you can with the most weight that you can handle mm-hmm. to stabilize your shot so that's i remember when i was shooting bow hunter freestyle in 06 at redding with a bee stinger that was 10 and a half inches long with a 14 ounce disc on the front of it Whew. And that's what all the serious bow hunter freestyles guys did. That was before back bars were even allowed. Really? Well, a lot of guys are really starting to hunt with those back bars, but we'll get into that here. And, and a lot of tournaments, um, and we're going to talk a lot about target archery on this one too because we have you. Um, so a lot of those have restrictions on the length. Yeah. What, what is that restriction? It is 12 inches from where the bushing goes into the face of the bow really? to the end of the bar. Really? What about if you added a quick disconnect? All added into it. That's what I thought. 12 inches, absolutely maximum. Mm. Yeah, because my quick disconnect, back when I had one, um, was an inch long. Yep. And then so I had a 10-inch stabilizer. Right. And so it was perfect. It was right there at that 11 inches. Like my old Matthews, the bushing stuck out about three-eighths of an inch or so, or Mm. maybe 
less than that ballpark. So I measured that, measured the bar, measured my quick connect, or measured my quick connect. And all right, that's 12 inches minus a 16th just to keep me legal. <laughs> and I actually called the old owner of Bee Stinger, Blair. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I need a bar that's 10 and 5 eighths inches long. Really? To be perfect. No problem. Really? Yep. That's pretty cool. I wonder if they still do that now that they've gotten bigger. Oh, yeah. You really? I bet you could probably call about any stabilizer company and say, hey, yeah. I need a bar that's this long. Hmm. I, I've been shooting spiders for a few years now, and, and Sean out of, I think, Medford. Yep. Super cool dude. Oh, yeah. And so I get asked, you know, if I use others, and I'm like, you know, I, I could. I just like supporting the guy. He's a local guy. Oh, yeah. And so I've been using um, Sean's for a while, and um, he's he was really wanting to have me come down there and, and start doing with the side stabilizers and stuff like that. My biggest hiccup with, with all that stuff is because – and I may be completely off base here, but from my perspective, I like to try and keep it simple. I, right. Although I do have a lot of cool shit on my bows and stuff, <laughs> you know, range, you know, I range finder, which some guys don't even use range finders. I don't want to have to add in a stabilizer that I feel like I'm going to have to have to be accurate. Like right. that's just one more thing that I'm going to have to rely on come I, time. Then Quivalizer is always a viable option. That yeah. seems to be really picking up steam. I've seen a yeah. lot of posts with it, but they're ugly. Though. <laughs> I, I shot one on you did Scott Sharp's bow at Southern Oregon Archery. Okay, he had one on there, and the arrows were hitting me in the back of the hand, and I was really no, dude. <laughs> but uh, Scott's a cool guy. Scott is a cool guy, and those quivalizers are pretty popular. Um, another one that's out on the market right now is God, what's it called? The crossover. One that's like telescopic. Oh I, I yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, Corey, Jacobson. I've never seen those in person, but I know what you're talking. I about. I haven't those. seen those in person, but um, and there's another company that makes one. It's say it's 14 inches long, but it's mm-hmm. got a mount, so you can run say eight out front and then the other six out back. Really? So it's one piece and it mounts to the side of the bow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's almost it's got the same concept, but it's only one bar. Mm. Right. So you're still getting a little bit of weight out front and out back. Interesting. Without having a ton of crap, but see the one that I've been looking at is one that goes into your regular stabilizer mount, and then immediately it has this bar that comes over, and then um, has this basically clamp where you can offset your stabilizer like three inches on the left of your riser, and that'll offset your stab. Yeah, it's almost basically what Anthony yeah. was just talking mm-hmm. about. But then, is this the one where it has the clamp, and then part of the stabilizer can go back? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the same yeah. exact one. I've been looking at those because mm-hmm. those would get everything I think you need. It's like Wick Stick or something. That is that what it is? Maybe for some reason that sounds right. Yeah. See, to me that that that's just one know. stabilizer still, but then you're getting a little bit of a back and you're getting a front stab. Right. Out all out of one. Mm-hmm. And but so. then again, like on my hunting bow, I'm just running a 12 inch Spider, mm-hmm. and that bow holds super well. Yeah. And it's just a 12 inch front bar, and there's nothing out the back, and. I so, notice. I notice every for hunting, year, anyways. Yeah, oh, it seems like every year I, I go a little bit longer on my stabilizer. Mm-hmm. Just a little I've been running that longer. stabilizer, I think, for three years now. Have you? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I you got to figure in this day and age, the bows are getting <clears throat> so short and so compact. Yeah, it's still the same game as it was thirty years ago when a short bow was forty-four inches long. We're still hunting <laughs> out of the same tree stand, so something <laughs> yeah you know it really don't matter how much you put on it right you're still not going to add up to what they used to use effectively for sure for sure well go let's go into setting up a stable stabilizer a stabilizer <laughs> um 
because we were talking to Anthony, and I'm like, I don't know really what I'm talking about here for target guys, but I know some guys point the, the stabilizer to the target when they're aiming, and I noticed his was a little angled up. Uh, probably just the difference in the quick connect, because yeah. a lot of quick connects now will be a five or a ten degree down. Yeah, a lot of them are straight. Yeah, if you really watch the Lancaster Classic and the Championship Division, you see Dave Cousins. When he shot off, mm-hmm. he actually uses a fight or a ten degree quick connect, but it's turned forty five degree angle. So he's got five degrees down, five degrees right offset. Hmm. That's what works for him. What he's found to tune the bow to his shot. Interesting. So there's all hmm. sorts of little things you can play with to try to make the bow hold better for you, mm-hmm. and don't get caught up in. Square is square and flat is flat, and it's got to be just like this. Right. Cause I went to a 10-degree down now. <laughs> yeah, and you're shooting better with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but then, like I was telling Carl before I got here, I added some weight to the back, and yesterday I couldn't hold on target to yeah. save my life. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, you're always going to have shake, and you're never going to be perfect, but I was having a hard time holding it on the face, it felt like. Really? So. And that was just two, inch, or two, uh, ounces, two ounces you took off the back. I took, took those back. two ounces off the back, and yep. it. It came. I mean, I wasn't holding very good yesterday, anyways. But it came right back, hmm. way better. So, um, I noticed I get too tense, yep. and it doesn't matter what your stabilizer setup. Right. Like I can tell when I'm shooting good and relaxed, that bow hardly moves out of that ten ring, and I get tense, and it's just all over the yellow. Just it just freaking dancing everywhere. But really? it's just it's all up in my upper shoulders. I'm just super tense, and then I notice I'll engage my. Uh, pointer finger into the release even though i shouldn't be mm-hmm. i should be relaxing that part of my hand but because i'm starting to dance around i'll get tense and then i'll kind of clench <laughs> and then i'm just right. trying to pull a freaking bow apart because <laughs> well, gonna rotate. it's not going to rotate and right. the hinge can't work right. so i'm just pull 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 and the <laughs> bow's probably like all right dude do this right <laughs> and then i have to let down and then every once in a while on the let down yeah she goes off <laughs> Well, on 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 so on the stabilizers, what what would you recommend on picking or starting off for a guy? Because I see here's what I see a lot of people do: they go freaking cheap on the stabilizer, and it's like, man, I would rather have you go more expensive. And we're talking eighty bucks versus a ten dollar little, you know, right coil that's six, four inches long. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people cool. will confuse a vibration dampener for a stabilizer. Too. That's a good point. Two different, totally things: a little four inch doinker rubber. Right. Vibration dampeners that you'll put on there. Like a little limb saver. Yep. Not a stabilizer at all. No. All it's there for is to soak up vibration. Yeah. I used one of those for years. Yep. <laughs> I remember I, when the S-coil first came out. Yeah. I thought exactly. that was the coolest thing. Yeah. I mean, I shot pretty good back then, but mm-hmm. that that didn't wasn't doing anything for me <laughs> as far as being stable. Nope. So. No. Once, once you get to about a 10-inch or a 12-inch front bar, that's when you'll start noticing, oh, wow, it's not really swaying anymore. Yeah. Well, I noticed the other day um, I uh, I was shooting – I was shooting like – I felt like I was shooting a little high as out of the range. Was I with you out at Myrtle mm-hmm. Creek? It was a while ago. And I'm like really steady. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I was man, there. I feel really good, but I'm shooting high. I'm like, I wonder what changes. Then I set my bow down and go – pick up my arrows i look at my bow i'm like oh shit i forgot to put my stabilizer on there <laughs> so yeah impact change it, impact it. change and everything so i guess that leads me into these new these new telescopic uh stabilizers is 
if you are changing the the amount of weight because you're if you're changing the amount of of, of distance from the riser, it's going to have a bigger impact. The weight that you put out there is correct. Yep, I believe that. So, how are you? First of all, would you have to take in consideration when you're making that thing go way out there for a longer shot? Are you going to have to change your point of impact or for aiming? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it would have to do with the tune of your bow. Really? Because it would it affects just the harmonics. Is what it is. is a Interesting. Harmonics, a harmonics change. So, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Because I notice when I put more a lot more weight on, it just feels like I have to. I don't. And maybe maybe it's just me dropping my bow arm, but I feel like if I had like six ounces to the front, just be extreme mm -hmm. from where I'm at now. I feel like I'll shoot low. I just I, maybe it's just. Well, me. I know when I put that ten degree on. Mm -hmm. Remember, I was in Waldron's the very next day, and I was shooting great, holding mm -hmm. good, but I was just barely touching the bottom of the ten every time. I'm like. What was going on? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, you completely changed the angle of that stabilizer, <laughs> yeah, forcing right. that and bow down. By right. doing that, by going that 10 degree, now you're leveraging it down. Right. So mm -hmm. it's got the leverage. Well, so, I wonder if there's not enough weight on those telescopics that it makes a difference for a guy, for a bow hunter. Or then what's the point in it? Well, that's true. That's no, true. I mean, and I don't know. I've never touched one of those stabilizers, so I'm not saying yay or nay to them. I, just, I don't know. That's been my only hang-up with those. And, it, you know... Not to stroke myself, you know, here, but you'd hit, it would take a good shot to really notice hitting an X versus hitting the bottom that's of the like, 10. That's right. like me with a bow hunting rig. Buying the 3,000 zeros instead of the 1,000s, I can't outshoot that 3,000 oh, zero. Oh, no. So it's the same thing. Like, <clears throat> right. Are you a good enough shot? I mean, there's people out there that are, I'm sure, but yep. am I a good enough shot to notice the difference? <laughs> no. Probably not. I had that same conversation with uh, Day6 Brian. He were talking. I was talking about, you know, I could notice between 6,000s and... 0.001s or oh, yeah. but the 0 0.003 is the 0 0.001s i can't i can't tell it's all spine consistency from there for me so riddle me this yeah so go buy some five or six thousandths straightness arrows mm -hmm. cut two inches off the back or an inch off the back yep then cut the rest off the front and if mm -hmm. you actually spin them under a dial they'll be good they'll be good well, and and the shorter your your arrow the easier it gets to get that straightness too right. oh, i don't yeah. have yeah. i don't have that <laughs> Shelby, I'm not that <laughs> Shelby, that's exactly it. Shelby's arrow, so what, like a 24 inch arrow. Yeah, 24 and a half. Oh, okay, yeah. So her her black eagles and my black eagles last year, they have like the they're the deep impacts, you know, and they come with like the sleeve. Yep. So so after mine were cut and hers were cut, and spinning them, put the sleeve on and screw with that sleeve until it spins true on the little spin tester. Mine, I'd have to. I mean, I got them all; they're all good. But, you know, you'd have to screw with that little sleeve a little bit, hmm. turn it to get everything square and perfect. Hers, yeah, there was so much arrow off of there, you could literally just slap them on, spin them, and it'd be <laughs> absolutely perfect. Yep. Right. So. Right. So, well, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you remove enough material. If I had a shorter true. draw length, yeah. I don't think I'd ever buy a one or a three thousand straightness. Really? I'd buy six thousandths, cut off the back. Save the, the money. off the front. Yep. Yep. Because oh, oh, it's night and day difference on oh, price. Oh, hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. Well, those new Defender Elites I have here, which I bought from uh, from Bowtech, they're like .003, and they're like a beaming grade, but .003. Hmm. And they're 60, what did I get, 60 bucks for a dozen? That's a slamming deal. Super good deal. Yeah. Granted, it's Bowtech, and they sell shit for cheap, and I don't know why, but um, we're chilling on Bowtech here. That's a secret. Yeah. Great secret. <laughs> don't <laughs> go to Bowtech. <laughs> yeah, we're going <laughs> to um. But uh, I'm holding the new Rampage, uh, or not the new Rampage, but the new component system for, for uh, Black Eagle here. And uh, it's almost like a footer with like an adjustable footer kind of thing. But um, we're getting way off topic here. 
we're talking about stabilizers now we're going over aero components we'll just stop it right there before we go down that rabbit hole but um so yeah that's been my only hang up with with the stabilizers is is first of all um you know even with the, even with basically an 11 inch including my quick disconnect 11 inch stabilizer i don't feel like i'm getting hung up in the brush right or anything so i feel like i go to a 14 inch which seems really long for a hunting rig right but it, uh. <laughs> i mean everybody's gonna be different I know, yeah i know you're not just gonna ride around in your rig while you're out looking for oh hey now with it hey so. now what do you how do you think that buck got up there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah different side of the state i have a feeling yeah that's eastern oregon <laughs> but usually even over there you can't do that but no no that was uh i just picked one up today right from the place same right guy, time yeah and i it got killed the same way from the truck <laughs> yeah it's totally doable but then you could use a 30 inch front bar and a 12 might as well just bar. take your prevail or your fanatic out there and go yeah. smoke something but yeah that one was uh don't tempt me. You know, I'm not a road hunter <laughs> per se, but when I'm on antibiotics, I have a day and a half, and I know that there's deer right on the road there. I'm going to pound that little section of road until I find what I'm looking for and then get out and make stock. Absolutely. And buy Wayne stock did a good and job on that. He did. You know, some guys don't like the bottom jaw. I wish <laughs> wish we were doing See, videos See, I got on rid these, of my jaw. You Did you? Yeah. I wanted something different, and I wanted something that if I wanted to put it on a table, I could put it on a table. And that one kind of works both ways. We'd have to angle the, the head a little farther forward to make it more of a table piece, but um, that's the arrow I shot it with and everything. The black he gave me was really cool. has a lot of, like, dark sections. Yeah. It. Looked really cool. Yeah, shout out but, to Wayne. Yeah. But um, so we've gone over stabilizers, and I even had an idea, and I was talking to Sean about this, and I couldn't get him to bite. Uh, but my mind's constantly working, and, and I uh, backstory to this, I played drums for – I still play them every once in a while, but I've played drums since I was in sixth grade, and I played drums – with intent of making it a career from like eighth grade to when I was like 20 years old, 19 years old. And, um, long story short, didn't work out. Didn't do that. But on my drum set, it's a Thomas star classic EFX for the guys that actually play drums on here. Um, it has these things called Omni balls. And so it has basically this joint and you can move the drum in any angle you want. And I was thinking, how cool would that be to have a stabilizer system on an Omni ball? So you can point it and, go any way you it'd be unlimited options for tunability hmm. and and just do that because i see guys that are buying you know certain degrees and you have to buy a certain degree this certain well they degree got that. some mounts that move up down left right i mean that's like an, like that for sidebars but yeah i've never seen one for a front bar yeah. i've never seen one for a front i think bar. that would be freaking sweet i know they're expensive yeah well there you go somebody can take that idea and run with it just give me my royalties <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like with target stuff there's no such thing as cheap. Nope. <laughs> like I, I really like my spider stabilizer on my hunting bow. The mm -hmm. reason I don't run on the target bow because a full setup would be like five hundred bucks. Mm. That's gonna be anybody though. Y yeah. I mean AAE, <laughs> bee stinger, spider. Yeah. Uh, pick your poison any yep. time, and it's not even really the bars; it's the weights. Yep. I mean you're oh, gonna yeah. average six to seven dollars an ounce. Yeah. Is it really? I've got some weights in here. So I'll I got sell you good, guys. <laughs> I got a good deal on my on my bars offline, and yeah. it was still over two hundred dollars. Seriously, mm -hmm. I see. I'm cheap, man. I'm I'm selectively cheap. You're trying to get me to buy a Target bow. Well, so I, this needs to be known <laughs> right now. I, I should find the text messages. Uh, I so did. this guy told me because I tried to get him to buy a Target bow. I'm like, just join me. Mm -hmm. Just do this. Mm -hmm. Oh, blah blah blah. <laughs> he said, if you start beating me consistently i'll buy one well i've beat him every time we've shot together since i bought this that is bow. not true oh my i God. beat you probably twice 
one little one arrow shoot offs don't count when there was no 10 rounds before well and granted my top cam was all sorts of fucked up so yeah um, I, t- I took his bow to Bowtech and they were like what's not wrong with this thing i don't get yeah. it was working on it posts are in wrong spots for draw stops yeah the t- dials are all screwed up the little gold the gold piece on that cam was bent the top cam itself the bearings were shot i like, don't I don't think it was like that when I got it. I'm like, so are you telling me <laughs> it should be fine? Or? <laughs> oh, yeah. They wouldn't even give him the string back. <laughs> oh, damn. We, we had to use that string that Austin made me. But, um, you know, so I shot a 267 the other night at League. And, and you guys were there. I was cool. I was cool about shooting 267 because me as a shooter, I was doing my job. Right. The bow wasn't. Probably because of the people that set it which, up. Which, which is fine. This time I believe that. Yep. <laughs> this time I believe that. So now that I have that good string on there, tuned bow, 290s. I should be shooting, two, like 288 to 292, somewhere in there. Right. With a 8-inch uh, or 10-inch stab- stabilizer. I keep wanting to say stab. <laughs> I'm not to commit just to saying stab. But uh, So let's start. Okay, so we went over the, uh, the stabilizers. Let's go over um, picking a, a target release for hunting because a lot of guys are wanting to start to get into the – well, to the hinges, really. That's the cool thing right now. Seems to be hinges. Right. Um, and so, from the guy that's tried pretty much every single one of them out there on the market, a fair amount, a fair, <laughs> a fair amount. amount. Um, for a guy wanting to switch over from a wrist rocket to get into a handheld, what would you start with? Would you start with a hinge? Boy, that's a slippery slope to go down, man. It's like an expensive slope. It's an expensive slope, mm-hmm. even on with the, some of the good Facebook pages. Yeah, my release costs two hundred bucks. Yeah. I think I paid two twenty for mine, brand new, because I'm like that. I don't mind <laughs> spending the money for quality shit. But yeah. me um, either. But what's John Reins call that? He calls that uh, accuracy through aggressive spending. Better archery through aggressive <laughs> spending. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know. I know a guy who can't, can't get himself under control and just buys gear, and it's like, is this you, me? No, <laughs> it's not you. You can buy all the gear you want, but it's when you're not doing your part, it doesn't matter. Oh no, yeah. Once you get quality gear, then. You when when you when you buy a hinge, and oh, you're there I know. Like this, and with the hinge, you go like this. You better be careful. He listens to this show. <laughs> like, when you're when you're doing this like hard, you're still punching uh, that trigger. There's yeah, just no yeah. finger trigger there right. anymore. By the way, if I ever punch a trigger, you guys need to tell me because if it's subconscious, I'm not going to know. Granted, I don't. I not. I swear to God, I don't punch the trigger unless I mean to. The other day, we're finishing up a league. I'm like, I'm just going to punch this round. And just see how good I can do. And then it was not good. It was not good. But anyways. Um, um, there's a few good releases out there on the market with safeties, which is something a go, lot of people like. Personally, I do not because it does not lead, lend itself to accurate hand and wrist position every time. Really? Because once you take the safety off, that's where your hand is. So if you're in a good position here, you get maximum leverage. Mm-hmm. If you're already behind it, and you take the safety off, you're out of pull already. Mm. So you're never going to get there no matter how much. So I shot, remember, we? I borrowed a back tension from a guy, <laughs> was like it, an actual back tension was on it the Was the one you but, had me try? Mm-hmm. Oh, and God. it had a safety, and I didn't like the safety because, yeah, just that I had to move my hand, Yeah. and then I was afraid to re-engage where I was because right. I didn't want to go off, so I would just stay where I was. That and, was one of the tension-activated mm-hmm. releases. And I didn't screw with that one a whole lot. Because I didn't want to screw up his settings, so he was being nice enough to let me borrow it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was way too slow because I mean, you just pull, 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 pull. I mean, just well, reefing the, on I that. Mean, thing. They're based on weight, so mm-hmm. if you're holding right. weight, is 
let's not say on a hunting bow where you're shooting 80 percent let off at 70 pounds so you're only holding 12 ish pounds mm -hmm. at full draw so you want that to break at about 14 pounds 13 and a half to 14 mm -hmm. pounds hmm. the problem is when you get weather involved cold weather is going to make them slow there's not really consistent mm -hmm. really or they have a tendency to not be consistent i can't say they're not because i'll get flamed horribly for that but how dare you sir i know <laughs> but i mean well my wife started off with one uh -huh. and uh shot it great indoors 20 yards nice and warm environments mm -hmm. you get outside now you're gonna do some angle into it so if your form isn't perfect mm. it's a bear getting it to go that's really interesting. Well, I noticed that are you talking about the Butte Falls incident? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, we were that both dealing terrible. with target panic at that time, and uh, <laughs> he's the good friend he is. Oh, why don't you try this thing out here? And uh, I told him to start close. <laughs> so I'm gonna say. Oh no, I'm gonna start at sixty. Yeah, boom. Um, I probably almost shot their poor house over there, but um, <laughs> it was like three hundred yards away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the safety alone was like its own mind fuck like it was like holy crap like as soon as it like like maybe go mm -hmm. and it was like and then i said something to the effect oh god and then it went <laughs> off <laughs> and that was the last time we ever seen that arrow well when you so. shoot with somebody who has shot a hinge a little bit but not really uh -huh. so they know what to expect but not really right like i have a good buddy that i shoot with up at Botech occasionally and if I'm standing next to him on the line, when my release clicks, he jumps. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Ah. So. I noticed when you were clicking yesterday, I'd catch myself going, oh, oh, oh okay. And then I'd have to get back <laughs> so in it. Like when it I first started shooting that hinge, yeah. the first few, I, yeah, as soon as it clicked, I'd catch myself doing this. Oh, God. And then <laughs> dipping out of it and be like, no, just relax. <laughs> now I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's only been a month, but I don't really. I can hear it click and I'm fine, but. This time last year, I could be at full draw, and if his release clicked, really? I'd shoot my arrow because <laughs> <laughs> it scared the hell out of me just knowing that uh, someone else's bow was going off made well, me panic. That's <laughs> funny. Well, my release, sometimes it goes off mid-draw. Clicks. It, like, clicks. It doesn't go off. But now, it, see, it his clicks. still makes me nervous because he doesn't have a thumb peg. <laughs> yeah, that's sketchy. And so he'll fuck, be, he'll, he'll be third of the way drawn, and he'll click, and he'll just keep going. I'm like... <laughs> I mean, it's going to be funny for me when you break uh, your nose. But. Right. I mean, you know it's only a 6,000 sledge <laughs> yeah. between yeah. click and boom. You know what that is? Confidence. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, a fine line. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that I need to bring that wrist a little farther towards my face, and I'm good. Yep. So uh, so for me, because I'm starting to get guys ask me about hinges and stuff, because I love I I am such an advocate of hinge release. It makes archery fun again for a guy that – struggled with target panic with a, with a uh, wrist rocket or finger release, it really, God, it was just like starting fresh. I know that's one thing I see online and I don't agree with it because target panic is target panic. Right. It don't matter what release you have, you've still got target panic. And right. sooner or later, even shooting a hinge, you're going to be on a target and it's going to be, <gasps> right. you're going to rip it and... The result's not going to be what you want because well, it's a mineral deal. That's a great point. And, and John Dudley, I think I even heard him say one time that uh, you know a lot of guys use releases as placebos. Exactly. You know, it's a short-term fix for a long-term solution. Mm. That's precisely correct. I just, yeah, I think I said that right. I always have to just tell my like I I said it in league jokingly, but mm -hmm. I was serious. Like the the dory just keeps swimming thing. 
I yeah. literally will say that. I just keep pulling, just keep pulling. Yep. Like, like I'll find myself wanting to whip my wrist around. No, just keep, just keep yep. in it. You're fine. Who gives a crap where it goes? I mean, just obviously, if I start floating way out, I'll let down. But <laughs> right. you know, yeah. if it's just dancing around, just just keep going. I mean, because yeah. a lot of times the shot will break, and I'll be like, oh god. And I'll look, and it'll be a solid ten or a nice X, and it's like it felt like it should have been like a mm-hmm. seven, but right because I did my part, the bow did what it's supposed to do. And well, the more I shoot target, the more I you know talk to guys like Carl here that got their shit figured out. Uh, it just seems like the guys that are shooting three hundreds, not only did they have a good shot execution, but a lot of it, I'd say most of it for me personally. And correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, but it just seems like they're steadier. It's all about how steady can you get that bow. Because if, like, they're talking about, yeah, my pin floats around the X. My, my pin floats around the freaking yellow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that much different. Really? But, you know, and you find a sight reticle that allows you to relax and just aim. Mm-hmm. You don't want to try to force it into the middle because mm-hmm. that's when it gets worse. The more you can just relax and stare behind the pin, X, 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 until it breaks. And I think shooting a recurve, I think, helped me also. Yeah, it did. Because I, I used to catch myself focusing on the pin right and now i literally i don't i almost never even see my pin i just stare at the x and obviously i'm having to kind of stare through my pin but i'm just staring down range i don't really ever focus i don't even shoot a pin for indoors you don't what i don't have a pin really nothing it's called a true spot scope just a center quarter inch is magnified of my lens the one that you use when you're shooting with us? Uh-huh. I'm going to have to look through that thing. Absolutely. So you don't have well, – explain that in greater depth. So the theory is your brain – most people are OCD. Mm-hmm. So you get a bunch of circles out there. Your brain wants to line up all those circles into a perfect tube. Hmm. So you've got your peep sight. Okay. You've got your scope housing, and it wants to line those up. So in the middle of that scope, there's just a quarter-inch magnified section. Oh. That's six power. Okay. So that's just another circle that it wants to line Six up. Six power. Uh-huh. Jesus. Dude, some some people shoot like eight and crap. Do you have a clarifier then in your peep? Yeah. Yeah, I was say, holy crap. I can shoot a two and know what I'm looking at, but so I have to six. Shoot, I have to shoot a clarifier just with a four. Do you? Like I tonight, that. my peep wasn't coming around perfect, and it was so freaking blurry mm. a few times. I couldn't. I mean, I still shot. I, know, I mean, every single person's different. Well, that leads us into a whole nother area. Oh, peep. dude, it, that's such a deep, deep hole to go down. <laughs> it's confusing. You're, ta- you're talking Look. aperture sizes and clarifier powers. Yeah. Well, if, I was wanting to get my dad a clarifier. Have help, like between Carl and the guys at Bowtech and stuff, uh-huh. it's confusing trying to get into Super. Target. Yeah. Because yeah, there's endless options for everything, not just the bow, everything, all the way down to your peep. Yep. Right. I mean... As a hunter, you never, you know, you just get your Put standard size peep. the biggest peep you can in there so you can get yeah. lots of daylight. And yeah. call it good, usually. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then make it work. Well, well there's a lot to it because I, um, and I noticed it for the first time at Hoodoo, for me personally, shooting two years ago at Hoodoo with uh, uh, Bryson and, and uh, shit, I'm forgetting names here. Your, your group of friends that are now yeah. my group of friends, too. <laughs> um, Ryan and, and Chase, there we go. I sound like a douche now. Um, <laughs> there was snow, right? And holy <coughs> crap, it was like, whoop, and was like, man, my. And then when it got darker and darker, I could see more and more and yep. more. And so, from a target perspective, that's really important. Oh, we fight that all the time. Yeah, we shoot early in the morning. The shadows will change between now and noon. Mm-hmm. So you know your eyes dilating and 
Is there any, because here's another uh, great, fantastic archery invention, if it's not already been invented by Garrett Weaver, um, <laughs> <laughs> adjustable apertures on a fixed uh, peep. So you'd no. screw it in. I've seen them screw on it out. for recurves because they can't use magnification mm-hmm. in their scope, mm-hmm. but they can change it. And there's like a adjustable objective almost like a camera lens yeah you turn yeah. it and it opens up or that's what i'm talking about yeah it basically be like so i can either take this one out and then screw this one in and it would be like a one eighth for or you know whatever smaller size smaller or bigger than the one that's in there right i thought that would be a great idea for somebody that's changing conditions constantly right and now now we got the hamsky system that offers interchangeables Mm-hmm. inside the tube really uh, specialty archery just came out this year with one that's similar mm. yeah you can get their bigger well it's not this big but you can get their bigger peep mm-hmm. and then you can run all the way down to their smallest with yep. just inserts yeah see that's what um, i'm talking about yeah oh, that's what i have is, oh i have a hamski i don't have the specialty but yeah, I, i'm certain specialty like. for a long time but i went there for that one but they didn't have it and mm. they had that one and so that's what i ended up with but they just released the new podium peep at the ATA this year, so I'm going to check it out in Vegas. Hmm. Well, let's go over. Um, let's get back into the because we found another rabbit hole there. <laughs> it was peeps. It was on point rabbit hole show. Um, so let's go. Keep going back into um, the releases here. So for tips for beginner tips, we never really even started um, or came up with an idea of, of what somebody should start with. You said with the safeties, probably not the best idea. It's a, probably a good idea for a beginner, but you're going to get to a point where it's going to cause more issues and it's going to cure. Really? I feel. So I just got my wife a new one from Stan. Stan offers, it's called a trainer lock pin, so you can pin the hinge closed, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So you can draw your bow with it and go through your whole routine. It clicks, it fires, but it doesn't fire the arrow. Really? And you let down, reset it. That would be killer. That'd be really I'd cool. I'd have to get – so I want Shelby to get a hinge um, just because I've seen what it's done for yeah. me and you and anyone else who switched to it. Yeah. But she's terrified of them. Uh, that's how my wife is. I'm, so, I actually gave it to her the other night and was like, here, hold this. And she's like, <laughs> I'm like it's not going to bite you. It's not mm-hmm. even attached to a Dude, bow. I was afraid of them for probably two years before I, you know, John was putting that bug in my ear. You want to get to the next mm-hmm. level, do this, do this. I'm like, fuck. Fuck that. Like, yep. I have seen that. No. Yep. That's why I was afraid of it. But then, like, when I finally switched to it, it's, I mean, I've shot them and seen people. do. It's easy. Just, I mean, just keep your wrist turned, and that thing will never fire. Yep. You know, I mean, you can keep pull till something. around the peg if yep. your release has a peg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Just keep these two fingers engaged, I, and that thing will never, I have should shot. never go anywhere. Okay, so backstory to this shit because i gotta explain myself now because <laughs> i was over in eastern oregon scouting for mule deer where i shot this one um on the wall now and kim must have been screwing with my release in the truck oh, there's yeah, this little her. black thumb peg that goes onto the screw that goes into the release itself didn't she didn't know that thing was important apparently so um that thing disappeared and now i shoot with my thumb not even on the screw because it hurts uh so i just grab the the actual handheld release but i've shot so much with that screw on there it's it's like five degrees bent now yep. so I, it works yeah but it does true ball they make new ones yeah they should yeah no they'd probably give you one they need to make one that's all just one piece not one that screws out of itself because i find that to be silly 
for people who have well, wives yours, that screw with their archery releases. <laughs> on yours, can't you change its position? Oh, yeah. It's got three different spots on there. Yeah, I yeah. use the HBC, the Honey uh, Badger Claw. Claw. Yeah, there we go. See, so mine, mine's just got the one set spot. Right. So, horn, yeah, yeah, why it removes is kind of weird to me because hmm. where else are you going to put it? Are you going right. to get rid of it? I hope well, not. <laughs> with, when you get rid of the thumb peg that's called expert mode, no. You're going to learn that I'm someday. I'm going to have to get to that level. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee you if that peg wasn't there, I'd punch myself in the face <laughs> at least twice around. Well, I got my first hand, so my backstory. let's go back to probably 90 or 2007-ish, two or three years after I'd first shot Redding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, shooting okay. I'm not great. I'm not, I've never been a great pin shooter. I can sometimes hit the target and sometimes not, and I was – not okay with that but we shot up the canyon coming back down it was like a 23 yarder at a huge dot and <laughs> i was shooting my bow hunter freestyle setup i put the arrow in the middle of that target and i had a <laughs> total panic moment I almost missed the whole target at 23 yards in fact i did i shot a zero oh. so okay time to reassess the situation now if i want to get better at this so then i got home and ordered Back then, it was just a true ball ultra three is all it's called. Just a little blue aluminum three-fingered release mm. hinge. Mm-hmm. And I totally committed to that. Best best move I ever made. Really? Yeah. So for somebody that's looking to learn the release, what would be your best suggestion? Because I know I from my journey, that thing right there, I'm pointing to the Akibo, that thing was like, crack for somebody wanting to learn how to use oh, a... Oh, I would definitely vouch for that. The oh, my gosh. Actually, there are several training aids that companies make. Uh, Saunders makes one called, I think it's the Firing Line Trainer, mm. where it's just got to loop out the back, and you mm-hmm. just play with it. I actually found a huge O-ring that's about 12 mm. inches in diameter, tied a D-loop to it, and it lets me play with the releases and that's a great deal because you're never going to punch yourself in the mouth with those. <laughs> I just used uh, um, paracord yep. and just paracord tied it off works. to where I could anchor where I'd normally anchor. Yep. And then just practice that way because really? yeah, if it goes off, a little piece of cord hits my face. It, you don't even feel it instead of you know sixty pounds of pressure from my fist <laughs> popping me right in the nose. And See, I, I like the good. idea of actually using something like a like the kind of like a bow, but not having and being able to dry fire it. Mm-hmm. Without half the center, well, and down you know, inch. if you wanted to go cheaper, John Dudley makes a training aid too. He does. Yeah. I think they're like fifteen bucks or something like yeah. that. It's a, like a wooden handle, yep. and right. So, so if you're wanting to do cheap, you know, that'd be a good one. Well, it's just for, for think, me. It seems yeah. like a lot of guys are really on the fence about even even with the thumb releases and stuff like that. Um, if I was going to switch from a wrist rocket to a handheld release, I'd, I like I did. I completely overlook the thumb pegs because guys, it's just way too easy to to punch mm-hmm. well i mean and it's all training right if you have if you want it bad enough you'll do it mm. so what i would recommend doing is no matter what release you want to <laughs> shoot mm-hmm. put a target in your closet get your bow out and without even firing an arrow just draw and aim until you can't aim no more and let down because mm. you have to so target panic stems from when we all started shooting archery you go to the shop your first time and they give you a bow and all right this is a release this is how you're going to do it you're going to put an arrow in here you're going to draw back and you're going to put the pin on the target mm-hmm. and you're going to hold it in the middle and you're going to squeeze the trigger so 
first time you do it, oh, that was fairly easy. Mm-hmm. You do it again. And then all of a sudden, you're just doing drive-bys because that's how you're basically trained right. from day one. So you have to it's natural. Un- untrain yourself that just because the pin's in the middle, you don't have to fire it. Mm-hmm. And that's a long, long progress <laughs> process to go through. But right. at the end of the day, it will make you so much better because that's where your smooth shot execution comes from, knowing you don't have to hammer it because it's in the middle. Right. Well, when I was shooting my uh, my wrist rocket the other day with Anthony, it was like I was holding deep. Like I was just holding, holding. I'm like, man, I'm waiting for that f- finger to just to put enough pressure on it and Man, I, I felt like I was holding forever, but I don't. I hardly ever left the spot. And with the trigger release, before, prior to using the hinge, it was like, okay, it's there, it's there. It's there pop, right there, you know. But I was holding 20, 25 seconds into my shots, and then finally it would go off, right? Just like a hinge. And uh, I was using different parts because I noticed when I use the hinge, it spills over into my wrist rocket when I when I'm hunting. And so what I was doing is I was elevating my wrist a little bit, like that, and then I would just barely get it right to where it wants to break over with my hand and then I've relaxed my wrist and that little bit of relaxing your wrist brings your wrist down right pulls your finger farther into the trigger and that's how I was getting that that it's completely different than what I've done in the past right holy shit it felt good you know there's I think Scott makes the I think it's called the hex hunter mm-hmm. that's actually got a wrist strap on it and you pull your bow back similar to using a wrist rocket release but mm. it's a hinge head Mm. So you just grab it and activate it like a hinge, but it's also attached cool. to your wrist. And I think that's probably a really good in between a wrist release and a hinge. What one is that? I think it's called the Scott Hex Hunter. Scott Hex Hunter. See, my biggest hang up is I lose shit when I'm out in the woods. <laughs> Calls, bugles, packs. Releases sometimes. Releases. Um, I've, uh, I don't think I've ever lost a gun. <laughs> But I've, uh, <laughs> I forgot spot and scopes, radio, uh, you name it, outside of a firearm or something I could shoot something with. I Knives, yeah, everything, yeah. binoculars, uh, range finders. I almost <laughs> left my bow last year in southern Oregon. So, Did you? <laughs> yeah, I shot that buck and broke them all down and uh, got driving, and I was gone. I mean, I was moving, just driving. I'm like, looking around in the cab, I'm, what is different? Like, something's not right. And I'm just driving. I'm like, what is it? What is it? And then it clicked a few miles down the road. It's your bow. It's not in the truck. I just left it leaning against a tree. That's fine. Drove back. And, of course, I drove back careful because I'm like, don't run it over. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, I just left it leaning right against the tree. Uh, God. (laughs) What is the biggest, most valuable thing you've ever left in the woods? Mm. For me, it would be – and never found. I've lost knives twice. So the Mm. first one – (laughs) <laughs> um, my grandpa's given me a replacement since then, but he gave me a knife that I had for years and then I left it in the woods. So oh. that wasn't worth a ton of money, but it stung a little, but oh, yeah. sentimental, luckily, luckily you know? my grandpa's still around and he gave me a new one years ago and I still have that one, but hmm. I've lost a couple sets of knives out in the woods. Hmm. I don't think I've ever left anything in the woods. Cause you know, you get really? doing what you're doing and then you set it down and you load meat or you do whatever and then. It just stays there. <laughs> right. Well, there's a... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel like I just try to keep... I know where everything's at. and Oh, okay. So... <laughs> yeah, like, okay, now we're getting yeah, to the truth. Yeah. I just, I, something <laughs> jogged my memory here. So, like, I think it was the last year I hunted. The, the year before that, we were 
around Roseburg. We'd had a herd of elk uh, put to bed the night before opening mm. day. Mm. Went down there the next morning and uh, jumped the herd. Didn't pan out that day, so we ended up going back. I went back a little bit later, and I parked, and I was putting a sneak on them. No, no, it was the same time. And my fanny pack had not been closed all the way. Fanny pack? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like the <laughs> nice predator. I used to have one of those. That's all I needed. <laughs> put it that way. Uh, and uh, I went, oh, shit. So I start going through it, and all three of my knives that I carry are gone. Oh, shit. So I go back up the trail that I was on, and, oh, yep, there's one right there. Oh, shit, there's the other one up there. But I found everything that it came out but i was about sick yeah see i've 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 gone hunting i think it was even with anthony no it every, might. every time it never fails this guy loses or breaks something i mean all the way down to one time bet your ass we got back to the truck and he, was, he was missing a leg to the tripod for his camera it's like he didn't That's have not any, my fault it was he a didn't cheap have ass. anything that he could lose himself so the gear was like f it i'm out of here yeah <laughs> This is Garrett's tripod. I'm just going to lose a leg. Yeah, I found it later, though, and the fly on the bolt. I did not find the nut that went with it, though. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I, I've gone hunting with Anthony. Oh, no. Oh, what? I hope Shelby doesn't listen. I lost my wedding ring one time. Honey. Oh, yeah. I said my knife. I lost a ring. He found it, though. I found it a month later. Yeah, you did. Outstanding. In a clear, in a clear cut. I lost my wedding ring as well, pretty much the same way. I've lost three now. We, I started buying the rubber ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's cheaper when you lose one. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I still have my original one, but I don't ever wear it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Well, uh, long story short, the problem with the rubber ones, the wedding rings, and we are so far off topic here, but the, <laughs> the, the problem with the rubber running wings, if everybody's looking at those things, don't do it because it lets uh, the soap and the moisture get under your 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 ring. You just got to And that take shit it off. eats away your skin. Well, I had like... What's yeah. that flesh-eating bacteria that fucking eats oh, your yeah, skin? Yeah. You, you I didn't really your, have it, but it smelt like it. It you, was gross. Yeah, they stink, but you wash your hand. I always just take you it take, off. Yeah, who takes a ring off when they wash their hand? Someone who doesn't want to smell like poop. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I completely crop-dusted the whole archery league last time, so you're talking to the wrong guy. Um, I, You know, we've gone hunting, and we, I'm like, hey, look, there's binoculars. Oh, shit, those are mine. The next day. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's like when you go hunting with me, sometimes it's treasure hunting. You find shit that I lost. <laughs> I found a Hoochie Mama once. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, that's pretty good. It's probably mine. <laughs> was it near Roseburg? It was near Roseburg. Yeah, it's probably but it, mine. I mean, I probably chucked it after it didn't work. Probably because it made a <laughs> sound. So it didn't stay in the room uh, very long either. Well, let's get back over to the releases here. So if, uh, if I was going to go... Away from a wrist rocket, because most guys are using those right now, right. right? If I was going to make that decision, what would you? What would be your first couple tips of advice? Go to the archery range or your archery shop and see what they have on the wall, if they have anything at all, because anything is going to be better than what you've got if you've made this determination. Mm. And you got to find what fits your hand. You got to find what what you like. And there's so many different handles and weights because now you can get them brass and aluminum and stainless and stainless brass, stainless aluminum hybrids. And it's very daunting for the first time shopper just to go. Mm. Yeah, you can 
get a Lancaster magazine and just in that one magazine, Dude. there's like 10 pages of releases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I'm fortunate enough where I spend enough time around all the target archers where if you want to try a release, like, hey, man, let me see that. And <laughs> so, Well, you it, and I set ours up pretty hot. So. <laughs> mine set up pretty hot, and it's still cold compared to a few of my Really? Oh, you know, yeah. Huh. I don't know if you know Henry Bass or not. Ooh, is he a, is he a teacher here locally? No, he's a professional archer. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm way off on that one. He was shooting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, teaches first grade. Right? <laughs> yeah, he teaches. Uh, yeah, he, he was shooting government at Rosebud. True Fire Seer last year, and I tried to draw my bow back with it, and I couldn't even draw my bow without it trying to click go off. Oh, it sounds familiar. And I have mine set pretty hot, but. No, Henry has me beat by about 10 times. I really? feel like mine could be sped up a little bit. We sped it up after I first got it because I was just shooting it how it came, and that thing was slow. And pull, pull, and it rotate, <laughs> rotate, click. Oh, my God. Like I've been hold, <laughs> hold forever. Is there, is there any type of – because it feels like another great invention by yours truly. Uh, it feels like there should be some sort of program or company that allows you to uh, release swap. So if I have a release you want to try, is there any Facebook pages like that where guys can... I remember an archery talk thread that was started probably 15 years ago that was release swaps. Really? So try stuff out. It just seems like a fantastic... Because you're right. There's so many different options Promise out there. Promise people would screw you. Exactly. Well, you need you need to have some sort of company that says, yeah, we'll loan you this with, like Redbox, but for releases. Right. And then so if you don't return oh. that fucker, we... we genius for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um, I think it'd be sweet, Carl. But like you know, <laughs> here we got <laughs> Vegas next get, weekend. Yeah. We got Reading at the first weekend of May, which is really the only good opportunity us West Coasters have mm -hmm. to see all the vendors. But man, that's what the only problem. Being on the West Coast, the archery following is so small. Compared, really? Compared, oh, well, yeah, compared to Pennsylvania. Com yeah, comparative to the Midwest. That's why and the you East look Coast. at like, the pro lineup at all these big tournaments, mm -hmm. and most of them are from the East Coast. Yep. And it's not just because they're better shooters, there's just more of them. You, yep. know? you get 1,000 shooters from there and 100 from the West Coast. <laughs> well, obviously, Trad's, you're. Yeah, apparently, Trad's a big deal over there, too. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. Actually, actually what, what do you call a Pennsylvania resident? Pennsylvanian? That's what I'd go with. Shout out to Pennsylvanians. We actually got quite a few that listen to the show. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Shout out to you guys over there. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I like playing the uh, maybe not game. right now when it's like <laughs> negative 70, but. Right. <laughs> Wasn't it like negative 60, like over somewhere over there the other day? Oh, crazy. Holy crap. We got, they got like the Arctic blast over the vortex or something. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. That's why I live here, not there. So I want to go over actually um, shot execution with the release because for me, this is something that I have a lot of really genuine questions on. And like I alluded to it earlier, you have so many different ways you can manipulate that release. I think Levi Morgan even came out in I, – I would I wish I could have uh, a better idea of where this article was. But long story short, um, he wasn't shooting his hens like people thought he was shooting his hens. Right. He was activating that fucker with his hand. Right. And everybody thought he was using more back tension. And so that kind of like shook the community up a little bit. It was like, well... That's how I activate mine. Yeah. So I get solid to where I feel like I'm pulling pretty good, mm -hmm. and then I'll just kind of let my hand rotate. I'm not really... I kinda, I mean, I'm still pulling with my back, but it's more letting my hand come around. So by looking at it, you're holding it back with back tension. You're not activating it mm -hmm. with back right. tension. Once I'm to a certain amount of tension, I just kind of let my hand... I'm almost... And there's a few times it almost feels like it's going to... 
do what it did the other day and fly <laughs> out of my hand. Mm-hmm. But I'm literally just I'm to that point, and then I'm just letting my hand just almost try to let go of it. Mm-hmm. With but you know you're staying in it enough, you know it's not gonna fly off when the arrow goes off. Right. But I mean, there's a few times it's like you almost feel like it might just completely come out of your hand, and then boom, it breaks and it's nice and clean. Right. And there's videos George Riles that has the Archery Learning Center in Snellville, Georgia, I believe. Mm. And uh, great coach, awesome guy. He's got a whole bunch of videos on YouTube and stuff. And he's got uh, one on there about activating a back tension release, actually, or even a thumb button, hmm. where once he gets hooked on there and he gets back to anchor, when he's executing, he just wants to feel his hand get longer. And so that allows mm-hmm. the release to get into its position to fire. Hmm. So it's more of a relaxed shot rather than a and pull that's, shot. That's how I at, shoot a thumb release. At least for now, that's what works for me. Yeah. Um, just because, like I said at the beginning of this, is you know I'll find myself getting super tense, mm-hmm. and then that you know I'll start barely being on target, and so that that just helps me stay in it and just kind of relax and actually execute a shot. I'm you know once I get more comfortable and everything, I might completely change that. I don't right. know, but for now, that's what works for me. So that's what I'm doing. Well, f- for me personally, like I've been dealing with, I'm an experiment. I experiment almost every time I shoot with hand placement, where you know how far am I gripping, like close to the hand, second joint. Then John Dudley comes out and says you should shoot closer to your fingertips, not closer to your palm. I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I like it close, kind of in the middle of my fingers is where I like it. Right. So I like, and it slows it down. The it seems like it speeds it up. The farther out to your tip fingertips it goes and it seems like my release slows down the farther to my palm it gets so i don't know if that's if that's universal for people uh, i guess if you look at the angle of your hand mm-hmm. when you're there you got that angle mm-hmm. and then when you flatten it out you got less angle okay so you're going to lose that leverage that makes a lot of sense so yeah. i like it it feels i don't shoot this way but i experimented with it mm-hmm. i like it closer to the, the palm of my hand mm-hmm. i feel more solid but then i'm buried into my face yeah with the string and my release hand so it just doesn't work i mean for 20 yards you know you could adjust your sight to make it work mm-hmm. but if you were to go outside and shoot long distance it's going to show itself so you know i shoot further out my fingers but i definitely do like it closer to my palm mm-hmm. it feels more comfortable but i just it doesn't work you know, the hardest part is there's no recipe there's no one size fits all mm-hmm. for shooting basically archery at all what works for you may not work for anthony and may not work for me and vice versa and i'd be curious to, to hear your hand placement and your shot execution and what that looks like um so i don't shoot with mine necessarily flat i like it angled up slightly mm-hmm. not flat against my face okay well and, that would speed it up wouldn't it uh flatter would speed it up yeah like the more horizontal correct but you also get to a point where it's really easy to pull it off your face. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself shooting a whole bunch of arrows out to the left, that's just got to be your release coming off your face. You're chicken winging it kind of. Yeah. Cause it's only got to come off that far mm-hmm. to be a strong nine at nine o'clock. Hmm. So I'm, that's been my real big focus. This indoor season is solid anchor, keeping it there and going straight through. Well, with at least it. I know I'm not coming away from my face. if i'm gonna miss it's almost never left that's so brian said something about the other night when we shot you know out of 30 arrows i only had one or two that were on the left side of center Mm -hmm. if they were out they were right or they were in the middle line 
I was never going left. Yep. Hmm. So, so are you that's pulling, good. Are you pulling through with your elbow? Are you getting your relaxing with your fingers? I'm. Do, I do more of a relax. I find if I because I'm trying to build tension, you don't want to build tension. Mm-hmm. The more relaxed you are shooting the hinge, the easier it's going to go off. Mm. The tighter you are, the harder it's going to fight you. So I find myself just nice and relaxed and. Yeah, once hmm. my index finger relaxes enough, it blasts. Makes sense. Well, what I've been doing is is anchoring. I got that 45 coming, you know, that 45 angle with my knuckles coming away from my face. Right. And pretty much right where the jawbone curves up is right where my ankles are, or my ankle, my knuckles are buried. Same. And then uh, <laughs> shooting the bow. Pretty funny, your guys. ankles out, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a picture next time. And <laughs> and I relax. Buried like that. <laughs> I relax until I, I hear the click, my, my index finger, and then I start wrapping my elbow around. Mm-hmm. And and the thing that I struggled with is that when I relax my hand and I go farther out towards my fingertips is that my uh, peep starts moving on me because I'm relaxing and that string is going farther and farther away right, from my face. You're getting into the valley. Yeah. So, so that's where you got to really maintain your back tension. Mm-hmm. That's where that, if you relax this at all, it's going to mm-hmm. go forward and let you creep. So that hand position right there, if this moves, mm-hmm. if it's moving as far as you think it is, mm-hmm. I have a feeling you're just relaxing your whole hand rather than just your index finger. If only your index that's finger That's probably relaxes. what it is. Yeah, because it's, it's moving. It feels like it's moving off and away like by a 45 degree angle for my face and, and i'm like god dang it you know and so i i'll just finish the shot you know but and right. then i'll focus on using my elbow more and more and more and more less than my hand I mean, basically this one's going to relax and this one's going to get a little tighter so mm. it's almost just like yep see i haven't been i haven't been squeezing my ring finger because i just don't want to i i'm trying to get i'm trying to get the point where all i have to do is relax right because i don't want to get punchy with my fingers and i feel well, like relaxing is well so <clears throat> two or three months of blind bailing when you're just you in the release no sight mm-hmm. no target and you're just sitting there just shooting arrows at three feet i've done a lot of that <laughs> <laughs> and that's truly how you get to master the release yeah yeah and that's like i said that's where my accu i came up and i shot probably 500 shots through my acubo with my release the first week i had the release i'm like i'm just gonna before i even get to the range i'm gonna be confident that i'm not gonna punch myself in the face <laughs> And, uh, and so after two weeks, I was already out shooting myself with a, with a wrist rocket, right. Um, on, on a Vegas face. And I was like, that's really impressive for change, just changing a release that made such a big difference. Right. And the reason was, is because I went from shooting with target panic to not shooting with target panic. Right. And then I've just focused on sh- sh- shot execution is 100%. Like if, like kind of like I had, um, uh, uh, shot IQ, uh, Mr. Turner on here the other day. Right. And he, he said, you know, it's because you're long story short, listen to that episode. It was a great episode, but I, I really took that stuff to heart and I was applying what he was talking about on there. And it really, it's, it hasn't come back at all. I think what helps me too is it makes your mind think of something else. So, mm, yeah. So aiming is almost a secondary for me now. It's, I'm more focused on what this back end of my body's doing mm-hmm. and I, I'm, and I'm paying attention and I'm focused down there too, but I'm, my mind is more worried about what's going on here. So that just kind of happens, you know, instead of am I, you know, am I holding it close to the middle, close to the middle? 
And then, no, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm. I have a feeling that's where a lot of your nines are coming from because you're not 100% into mm-hmm. the. I got a lot of work to focus. do with me and that bow still. But, but I've so, just, it's been leaps and bounds in a mm-hmm. year. Setting up a hinge the way I set it up personally. Yeah. Is, you know, click it on my bow. I want to come back, anchor, and get to the middle of the target and have it click. Mm. Because I don't want to start aiming and pull, click. Okay, now I got to yeah. start aiming again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could almost speed yours up just a hair more. Oh, yeah, more I think I could. Just to get it to click when you settle in. Click, boom. Instead of click, now we're going to go for it. Right. Yeah, some guys get rid of the click. I like it. I like it. I like the click. I don't like it for hunting, but I like it. Right. I mean, I don't even know how loud the click is, like out in the woods. I feel like it's. At, I feel like it's like a twenty-two going off. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but so depends yeah, how I'm shooting that I'll, day. If yeah. I'm not shooting good, that click. Yeah, <laughs> it's the click's fault. Yeah, I, I know a lot of guys that do not that don't use the click, but I like it. I know a it lot lets me know something's right because there's been because you know I haven't been using it long, so mm-hmm. there'll be a few times I'll get into the shot and I'll feel like I'm going. And no click, no click, no click, no click. It's like something's wrong. So I'll let down because I'm doing something different. Because mm-hmm. I know, yeah, we have, when you and I played with mine just a little bit, it's it's clicking pretty early. Like about the time I'm settling mm-hmm. a little after, it's clicking. It could be a little quicker. But so if I'm like engaged in the shot and I still haven't heard my click, mm-hmm. either something's wrong and I'm about to pull straight through it or I'm way off anyway. So something's wrong. So yep. that's yeah. why I like it. I just feel like releases have been such an under discuss thing like if guys were so interested in releases like they were bows like yeah the world would be a better place i know a few of them i got well, a, like... i got a few buddies that use releases like toilet paper as as <laughs> oh. that's buying gear you know well if i have the newest bow i'll shoot better and then they're right hammering the trigger you're I, gonna shoot the same i just feel like the guys that are you know minus carl um, but the guys that are buying these releases all the time are chasing something. They're chasing like a problem that isn't. It's like an underlining problem. They're trying to get that placebo. When I started buying all the releases, what I ran into was you shoot a hinge for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, some days you're on, some days you're off. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of the beast. So I was wondering if maybe a thumb button wouldn't feel better mm-hmm. on a day when my hinge wasn't really flowing well. So then I started going down the rabbit hole of trying to find a thumb button that had the same point of impact as a hinge Mm -hmm. because different handles will not have the same point of impact. That's a good point. And when I go out to Redding, for example, and I have to shoot 88 yards or 101 yards, Mm -hmm. if my hinge isn't working, I got to go to thumb button. I want to know that it's still going to hit behind the pin. So, yeah, not even the same companies, not even the same style of handle, but for whatever reason... Hmm. They both go in the same hole at 101 yards. Really? Well, that's a good point because I shoot a wrist rocket and I shoot my hinge. And I've always heard from John Dudley's talking about if they're set up properly, they should hit in this very close together. And you shouldn't have to change your anchor really hardly at all between releases. And mine, I, I add a yard on with my um, with my hinge. I usually add a yard mm-hmm. onto whatever range. And it's shooting the same exact as my yeah, wrist my, rocket. Mine was always left and right misses. Really? Just based on how far the, the hook was off my face. Well, or, what that could be is the, the way that the hook releases too, correct? Cause I you, believe so because some of them hook in, some yeah, of them hook out. I've heard that does affect the impact point depending on what – like a caliper release is going to have a different effect on the string than, a, than a, any type of hook. Right. 
So, which is really weird. I, I don't know. That's that's getting way into the weeds for target archery that a bow hunter like me probably doesn't need to get into. I, I don't know. The guys that want to geek out on it, though, we'll, we'll figure oh, it out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, I, I bought probably 14, 15 releases. Jesus. In eight years, trying to find hmm. trying to find the magic. And what I found was the magic's between my ears. It's not in my hand. <laughs> right. Are you still buying releases, though? Nope. Oh, no. If I do buy another one, it's going to be the same one, just set up a little bit faster, a little bit really? slower. Interesting. And what one are you settled with again? You already told us. The one. Scott Ascent. Scott Ascent. Okay. Well, I noticed that yours is really light compared to mine. The ones that are ones. brass. Yeah, mine's stainless. So. Yeah. Ours are brass. I don't know if I like the heavy or the light. When I pack I yours guys, when I hold your guys, it's like nice. It's like, man, this is. But when I have that thing, I feel like I'm holding on to something like if it's heavy, it's expensive, you know, or right. it's, if it's heavy, it's if nice. If you punch kind yourself of... in the mouth with it with brass knuckles Ooh. instead of stainless, you know. I don't even want to hear that. <laughs> but uh, is there any anything that we that you feel we should have covered with the releases and, and the stabilizers for somebody trying to up their game? You know, for stabilizers, we talked about it down at the shop here a week or two ago about balancing bows and the new product that came out. Yeah, that thing was sweet. Do you know and what that's called? I do not off the top of my head. Just, uh, describe it for folks that, that if you uh, had to describe it. So basically it's a jig that you mount your bow in and you add weights to it until it's perfectly balanced. Right. And, you know, some, some guys like a balanced bow. I personally do not because I feel like I'm not as accurate with a balanced bow. Hmm. Um, you got uh, quiver on one side, side on one side. Now you got a back bar on the other side that's balancing that out. And you mm-hmm. got your front bar that's pulling down while you're pulling back against it. Um, let offs are getting higher and higher and higher. Now we're up in the 90% let offs for some bows. Right. And. Yeah, at 90% let off, if you relax into it, I bet you could move that bow a foot at 60 yards pretty easily. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to use my back bar to off, to bias it. I'm going to move it out or add more weight until I have to rotate a little bit into it with my forearm and my hand to get that movement out of it. So the, the sidebar is for when you draw your bow back and then that bow, sometimes it does that initial waggle back or wiggle back and forth. Right. Um, how much is that for keeping a good level? Uh, takes time. You got to play with it hmm. because what's perfectly, perfectly balanced and level could be wiggly. You add a little bit of bias to it. Now it's going to drag your bubble off to mm. the right. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to move it back to the left, but that little movement is what's going to take that shake out of the front. Makes sense. Makes sense. And it doesn't have to be a huge movement or pounds of weight. Just so I guess going back to bars kind mm-hmm. of here. So you know how you get that wiggle? Mm-hmm. Are certain bars stiffer to? Because I feel like some like if I come back into my bow too hard, mm-hmm. it'll start wiggling a little bit on me. I have, almost have to let down because by the time I recover from that, I'm already ten seconds into the shot, and it's like no. That's more user work. error mm-hmm. than bar error because now you're gonna pull it through the axles and it's gonna move. Mm-hmm. So it's just. But I want to blame the gear. <laughs> oh, I understand. Yeah. How you dare buy you, some sir? New stuff. Yeah. I can sell you. I, I got something I can sell you. <laughs> but you come back sm- nice and smooth, and it settles in. That it should not very move very mm-hmm. much. What? Uh, how I got explained to it was because uh, it's gonna be different for everyone. Sure. Is uh, 
when you come to full draw and you settle into your anchor, your weight should be positioned right where that bow's if you're on level ground, should level itself just naturally in in your hand. You shouldn't have to really fight it to get it, you know, which I'm not quite there yet. So. Cool. John Rain's bow, dude, it was like a workout just to get that fucker level. Yeah. <laughs> he had like a he pound of weight on the side of his bow. Oh, more than that. <laughs> one of his big discs, I think, was either 11 I need one or of these. Ounces. I need one of these dumbbells. Yeah. So no, I bet it was almost 30 ounces. Dude, he had a side. ball, a muscle on the top of his shoulder. It was like. It was like a second shoulder on top of his shoulder. It was like, Jesus, dude. You go back through some photos online of guys like uh, Mike Schlosser and Rio Wild back yeah. in the day. I don't even know how much Rio put on his sidebar straight out. Really? Yeah. Huge amounts of bias. But, mm. dude, just you turn into it when, you have, when you're shooting in 30-mile-an-hour winds all the time. Mm-hmm. You got to settle it down somehow. That makes sense. That's how mm. – did it well we haven't talked even talked about shooting a hinge in the wind that's its own that's its own problem that is its own problem yeah and that's the main reason i have not used it for hunting is because that a lot of 3d shoots yeah i'm excited this year i shot my first 3d shoot with my hinge i did okay i would have shot better with the trigger i know i would have but well you got fog fuck too i did yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When the target's disappearing in the fog and it's a hundred and twenty yard target for score, good luck. Good I hit luck. it, hit it right in the guts. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I'm, it's points. Yeah, it was it was five. Give me five. Give me five. I'm, I'm gonna be able to do a lot of 3D this year. I wasn't able to last year because of work, but mm-hmm. I'll be able to this year. Good I'll deal. tell you what. You kick my ass throughout the summer. With see, your, I'm with just your, gonna have to keep beating him with in three <laughs> years. Be like, well, if you just keep beating. But see, me. I'm here to witness it now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be shooting with a fixed pin here later too. I won't even have my because uh, I still have the challenge of that budget bow. I can't shoot my Fast Eddie XL, which is gonna suck. I really love. It. I'm gonna try and find a used Fast Eddie XL for the, the only time bow. I might if shooting mine is some of these shoots. You know, they're set up for fun where you gotta like take a knee and stuff. Mm-hmm. Gonna be a bitch. Oh yeah! <laughs> now I know how to. Now yeah, yeah. You tell me your kryptonite now. Uh, I've well, been... it's just a long bow. You got a lot of stuff going on. If I have to get on my knees to take a shot, it's gonna it's gonna suck. I know. I've practiced out at the gun club a few times, trying to get good eighty yard marks. And mm-hmm. out there in that field, there's always yep. a wind and an eddy. And I've been out there sometimes, and it's just blowing all the way off. Just lose the whole butt. Yeah. Nope, not going to shoot that one. Yep. But you go to a national event. You have to. You have to. So you can either learn to controlled manipulate or shoot between the gusts. Mm. I've That's the way that I shoot is between the gusts. And then I, I mean, kind of both, but controlled manipulate. Because you know you have a finite amount of time. It's like, okay, let's get this fucker to go off right. here. Especially when you're training for a hunting situation yeah. where you might yeah. not have – 25 seconds to wait for the guest to win to die where yeah. you might have to manipulate one i mean you know your own skill level so right. you're not going to do anything at a long range at that but if it's trying to blow your whole bow over because you know bows a sail once you got it full of arrows and yeah. everything else mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing is is shooting with wind it's like it you know i know i can i know where i need to aim because I just shot enough, I know the ballistics of my arrow or where it's going to go. Right. It's just getting my, getting that pin to stay where it needs to be. Hey, Ask Willie about Lakeside about twelve <laughs> years ago. Yeah. It was early January. We were going over for the 
3D shoot at Lakeside and uh, storming like a son of a bitch. We were retarded for even going. <laughs> but all right, saddle up, let's go. We drove over there and I mean, wind was, rain was blowing. I don't even know what it was. 35, 40 miles an hour, pretty sustained. Mm hmm. You're down in the reprod and everything's nice and cool. Yep. And then you come out into this big flat and there's a wolf target out there. And yeah, I can see it. And it's just a haze <laughs> behind the rain. I get up there and I shoot and I aim, you know, hind quarters on this wolf target and I miss all the way in front of really? it. Really? Holy and smokes. Willie gets up there and I don't even know how far behind <laughs> its ass he held and smoked. Really? Son of a bitch. <laughs> So, yeah, that was my uh, first experience shooting in real wind. Yeah. I'm way more experienced now, but I still nothing I would just go do to have fun. Well, when when is Vegas coming up? Next weekend. Next weekend. Well, I guarantee because I'm going to upload this probably tonight. So if guys want to follow you at Vegas, is that going to add any extra pressure to you? No, not a bit. So how do they follow your your score and, and where you're at? Um, go on the app store and download. It's called the Vegas Shoot app. Okay. And then I'll be Vegas Shoot app, app stalking you. I'm going to Vegas download your flashlights on. Huh? Your flashlights on. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to blind me. Is that why my battery's dead? <laughs> yeah, just the Vegas Shoot app. Cool. You go down to details mm -hmm. and you search. Uh, type in the name of the archer you want to follow. That's cool. There I am right there. Yeah. I'll get my shooting time probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Didn't you win your flight last year? I'd like to be more proud of that than I am, but it was 10th <laughs> flight, so it's hard to be Cocky ecstatic. And, yeah. Especially when I was, well, like I said, I didn't have early expectations when I went down. New bow, new year, everything. Yeah. And so I shot like a 295 and a 292, and it put me in 10th flight is where I ended mm. up. And uh, I don't know. I was smiled on that day and shot a 300 <laughs> to win my flight. And I think the guy that finished behind me actually shot a 298 or 299. Really? Huh. So it was a good battle. but That's pretty cool. But yeah, What a way to shoot your first 300 at I don't disagree. Vegas. That was pretty cool. Yeah. People probably call me a sandbagger for shooting three hundred and ten oh, oh, flight to win it. Yeah, but <laughs> that's not my gig. It's just one of those things happened, and yeah, to shoot my very first three hundred ever at that event—that's pretty special. That is pretty cool. So I'll be following you in, in probably texting you and everything. Oh, I'm sure Facebook will be seeing yeah. some posts. And if your if your pants are vibrating right when you're in the X, you know who <laughs> oh, it no. is. Everything gets turned <laughs> off when it's time to shoot. It's like serious go time. Perfect. It's not league. So well, I'm wishing you the best of luck, man. Thanks, man. And uh, Anthony, is there anything you wanted to add before we wrap this thing up? Mm -mm. Um, the only thing I would uh, it's gonna be a rabbit hole though is scopes. Touch on scopes. Ah. Rests are pretty straightforward, yeah. I feel like, you know. But that's another thing that you've got a thousand options on. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We didn't even talk about rests. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Rests are pretty straightforward, I think. If you look, I mean, you just got different makes, and some have more adjustments than others. and Well, there's a stuff few like that. that but yeah. We could get into that because there's a few like the ripcord lock that I am drooling over. But um, I guess if you like failure. <sighs> Oh, <laughs> someone is going to hammer you about oh. that. 
bring oh, it. Oh, I'm just waiting. Oh. If I get one star because that, oh, my gosh. Yeah. For tournament archery, I'm a blade guy. There's a lot of guys that are shooting the Hamsky fallaways now. Mm-hmm. Those things are good. Those things are good. Uh-huh. Um, Vapor Trail makes a really nice limb-driven rest. That, In fact, that's what I shot my 300 with was just a plain really? old limb driver. Not even the micro adjust. Just put it on there. Eyeballed it. Two arrows. It was... I will give you shaft tuned. $50, sir, to use a whisker biscuit at Vegas. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> That's a sponsorship I'll do without. <laughs> oh, so in, in wrap-up of this thing, I just, uh, you know, to, to reiterate what you said is just shoot some releases, just like bows. Just shoot some releases, yep. figure out what's out there. You know, if develop. you spend your time around any archers at all, you... We are a great community. Mm-hmm. It's totally different Usually, than anything yeah. else. If you go Usually. to shoot. Well, you, I mean, you're still going to get I've well. met some sour apples. We'll oh, say, absolutely. But, There's douchebags everywhere. but 99%. Yeah. Kind of like the archery, uh, uh, trad archery community. Mm. They don't eat their own like compound shooters do. Oh, dude. That was one thing. So I've kind of pulled out of that just because, especially now, being able to shoot a compound again, mm-hmm. they both of them take a ton, amount, a ton of time, and I don't really have time for both. Right. And so I've kind of leaned this way again. Uh oh. Um, I'm not saying I'm done with the recurve, but I. You know how many people have been now, asking me about you in your trad bows, dude? It's. It. I shot that thing surprisingly every, amount every day. Like yeah. In in two years, so what? A little over 700 days. I bet you I didn't shoot that bow maybe 40 to 50 days. Yeah. I mean, even but if it was only 10 that's arrows what it at takes, five yards, though. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it does. It that, really does. Um, but now I'm trying to go down a, a different path that requires the same, you know, maybe not quite the same, but a lot of time and attention to detail mm-hmm. and effort. Depends on what you want out of it. it well, you, I, you I get out of what you put in. Yep. Yeah. And and, and that's how I've always been. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Probably. Um, and like I told you, I I want to this time next year be packing my bags. I I'm going to go to Vegas next year. Are you really? Mm-hmm. With the expectation of getting my ass handed to me, and see, I can do that locally. Yeah, but it's funner than a lot of hunting <laughs> yeah. out. I just, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just the first the time I went, yeah. the first time I went five years ago, you know, there's a whole lot of indoor shoots up and down I five, yeah. for the last three months, and I shot most all of them, and I was averaging. 297, 298, throwing up the occasional 299. I'm going to Vegas thinking, you know, I'm some pretty hot shit here we're gonna do all right and then vegas and then i 295 Hmm. well that's weird Uh next day it's got to be better 293 could not hold it in the middle couldn't execute vegas happened yeah and then the last day i shot 94 so i came home feeling pretty disgruntled for the amount of time i put into what i got out of it (laughs) We could take beta blockers like the guy last year that won it. I don't, well, in flights, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, they it wouldn't test matter. Hey, flights, but that's still not that. my speed because then I'll come home and I'll get you ate at work or something like that, and it's just not worth it. Yeah. Anthony's going to get drunk right before he shoots them. <laughs> now, it's like a three-beer maximum. Is it really? Anything past that, I get sloppy. <laughs> Trust me, I've done it a lot. Three, four beers, oh, uh, man, I can just hold all day, nice. You heard it first, shoot and drink with Anthony. Yeah. No, no. I get six in, I'm like, and the woo <laughs> Yeah, we're talking pounders. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, well, let's wrap this thing up, guys. And, and uh, Carl? Carl! You... 
I just got to throw this out here. I went up to Carl. Was it last year? And Probably. I yeah. And I was like, Carl. And you're I'm like, you don't know what I'm talking about. He's like, I know what you're talking about when you say Carl like that, but I've never seen the show. And I thought that was <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> blasphemy, sir. Not ever seen Walking Dead. Nope. Still haven't seen Still Walking haven't Dead. Seen Walking Dead. No. I'm not a TV guy. It's about three seasons too long now. <laughs> I watch yeah. videos on YouTube. And Have you? Play some video games. Oh. And well, Carl died. A miserable death. I, I just watched it until they killed Glenn, and then I was out. Really? Yeah. Oh, I man. saw the memes. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I can keep up with it that way. Yeah, yeah. So probably the that show probably made Carl one of the coolest names to have. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, guys, let's go ahead and end this thing. Appreciate you joining, and uh, I'm sure we'll be podcasting together again soon. Thanks for the invite. See you guys. Later. All right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Thanks, Carl, for coming on to the show. You're an awesome dude. Anthony, as always, pleasure to have you. And for everybody listening to this, I'm super pumped about what the rest of the year has to bring. And uh, you know what? If you can share the podcast with somebody, talk to somebody about the podcast, we definitely need a lot more ears and eyeballs out there. So uh, spread the word. If you guys really like the podcast, the best way to help it grow and the best way to help us grow um, there's a few ways. You can talk about it and refer people to the podcast. Uh, you can become a patron, uh, patreon.com forward slash on point podcast if you want to do that. Where you're, uh, we're working on developing giveaways and getting exclusive content or early access to the content on there. And uh, just really appreciate anybody that takes their time to do that. We're still having reviews trickle in on iTunes which uh, I really do appreciate. Love seeing the feedback. Five stars is the best you can give. And uh, if you guys feel that we have deserved that, then be sure to do that. So outside of that, really appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.